0: When Kate was eight years old, she wrote an acrostic poem. Now, an acrostic poem is one of those poems where the first letters of each line spell out a word. You might have had to write one of these in school. So Kate wrote this poem, and the word that she spelled out was her little sister's name, Hillary.
1: H. Hog. <laughs> I. Invites weird friends over. <laughs> L little nincompoop. <laughs> a a little nice sometimes. <laughs> you see a trend. R rumpled up brain. <laughs> and then Y, you get out of my room now. <laughs>
0: That's Kate reading an acrostic poem about her sister, Hillary. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... Vancouver, this is Grown Ups Rethinks They Wrote As Kids. Hello, how are you doing? It is nice to see you. Boy, oh boy. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Vancouver, we have rekindled romance, letters from Germany, and a poem about socks. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and it can help us understand who we are today. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. When Tara was in grade 10, her entire class got an assignment. Everybody was supposed to write a letter to themselves two years in the future. The idea was that the school would hold on to the letters, and then after everybody graduated, they could come pick their letter up, open it, and reflect on their high school experience. So Tara wrote herself a letter, and then 26 years later, she brought that letter to our Vancouver show. A quick heads up, there are some cuss words in Tara's letter, which we do not bleep.
3: Dear Tara, hi, how are you? Remember Jason Simpson? How you swore to high hell you were gonna marry him? Are you two still together? If you are, tell him I say hi. Well, remember how you wanted those Stevie B CDs? Did you ever get them? I know your birthday is in two weeks. Remember Tanya V chasing out those guys when you set her up with Peter? What a mistake. They went to the p and Andy started feeling her up in the haunted house. Remember Andy? What a scumbag. Well, soon you'll be up at Kwantlen studying your heart out for a graphic designer's job. Remember Sunday summer school, grade nine, meeting Shannon Ando? My God, he was a hot fucking babe. Do you remember Scott? What a scumbag. You must remember Steve. I really wish you had talked to him more. Remember getting to see Pretty Woman with Jason? My favorite part was when they were in the restaurant and the snails slipped out of the spoon. Remember, rap was so hot, like Heavy D and the Boys, Maestro Fresh West, Easy E, NWA, and so much more. (laughs) 1990 was a pretty good year. (laughs) Well, now you're 18. Are you still going to the Oregon coast as promised? Did Colleen and Tom get married? Do you remember the birthday when you got really drunk and stood up on a table in McDonald's and sang Lean on Me and then walked into the guy's bathroom and tapped Doug on the shoulder when he was taking a piss and told him to hurry up? <laughs> Do you remember the day you and Tanya met Mike and Trev and Rob? Wow, you liked Mike so much and he kissed you in the hallway. Do you remember when the lady asked if you two were engaged because you had on your ring and he had his arm around you? Do you remember how upset Chad was when you told him? But he forgave you, Chad's a really nice guy. Remember Nelson and all his cruddy jokes? Two Peanuts were walking in the park and one was assaulted. Assaulted, get it, assaulted? See, I told you they were bad jokes. (laughs) Well, you're 18 now, you're an adult, and you can drive now, remember? Dad promised. My advice to you is you should go to Young Drivers. Well, life was pretty easy in grade 10. Remember how Jason got jealous so fast? You really loved him, didn't you? I know he loved you. I remember all the letters you wrote him and remember the time in the summer when Mithra and you would stay up until three in the morning taping, I need you, Roni, dial my heart, can you stand the rain? And drinking Purple Source Rex Kool-Aid. Remember going to Wreck Beach and meeting those weirdos and the woman on the stair who's lost her husband? Remember how excited you were when Sam started going out with Barry and the two of you remembered that he was Shannon's best friend and Barry and Sam wanted to set you up with Shannon, but then you told them you were in love with Jason. <laughs> Remember how Jason and Tony drove by the gas station to spy on you when you were there with Barry and Sam? Hey, did you ever get those white purs that you wanted? What about the black purse? <laughs> I think I thought I was gonna have like amnesia or something. Remember how you wanted a job so bad? Did you ever find one? Well, I hope that things worked out with you and Jay. You two were so happy. You always used to say that he was your life, your son, your breath, your everything. Do you remember that jerk, Clint McDonald, and all of his friends, um, and they were picking on you, but you lived through it. Do you remember when Aaron tried to ruin your life by spreading rumors around you? Do you remember when Sam did it for the first time with Apollo and the condom broke and we thought she was going to get pregnant? What a fucking scare. (laughs) Things were pretty good. Well, I should go talk some more in a few years. Love yourself, Tara.
0: I would love it if more history books were written with every sentence beginning, remember when? (laughs) Tara was not the only reader at our Vancouver show who shared a letter. When Tammy was 11, she went to Germany with her dad. And while she was there, Tammy wrote a letter back home to her Canadian grandmother, all about how she hated Germany and her German grandmother, who she called Omi.
4: Dear grandma, how are you? I'm fine. Today, daddy and I went to this city. We fed ducks and pigeons. Daddy told me not to tell Omi about feeding the pigeons because they ate them during the war. I don't get it. If they're good to eat, wouldn't it be, make more sense to feed them more? I don't like it here. It's boring. There's this giant outdoor pool just around the corner, and we were going to go today, but someone drowned. Maybe tomorrow. I hate it here. Omi here isn't as nice as you are. She gives me a lot of candy, but so does Uncle Horst, and all the neighbors, and almost everyone else, and, well, I'm sick of it. (laughs) Every day, Omi puts makeup on this spot on her face. She's trying to cover it up, but she's not fooling anyone. (laughs) I can still see it. I miss you very much. I also miss English TV, the English language, and all my friends. My, My family, too. Oh, well. Bye for now. Love, Tammy Sue Pfeiffer. Thank you.
0: Yeah, that sounded terrible, with all your relatives giving you all that candy. Life sucks. One of the things I love about this kind of writing is how the words on the page can sometimes call into question our own memories. Our next reader, Ron, shared a few diary entries from grade 10. And before the show, Ron told me that going back and rereading his diary was a bit of a revelation because in his mind, he remembers himself as being quiet and nice. But he says his diary provides evidence to the contrary. Please welcome to our stage, Ron. June
5: 11th. If you're reading these words years from now, I can say to you, dear reader, this. I am an adolescent of 15. My emotions are close to the surface. I try to be different, to be a maverick in a good sort of way. I love and lust in vain. (laughs) I am infatuated frequently <laughs> with various girls and suffer fits of jealousy often. I use my tongue to acid-effect more frequently than necessary and I am perversely proud of it. In girls, I covet their aura of innocence and, a, and, and if they can have a matching sense of absurd humor. In guys, I like their honest communication and sundry attitudes. Mostly, I am an observer He, I've switched to the third person. (laughs) He fits in with most crowds. (laughs) He watches and tries to remind himself to learn. He will romanticize everything. He is occasionally seized by his angry muses who make him cynical and jaded. He hopes he has lost his desire to be pitied. He would really like to lose his virginity. (laughs) with a beautiful girl who loves him. And I married her. There she is. And meanwhile, he watches and learns and dreams a lot. Sprain my right foot. <laughs> Doctor says no sports for two weeks. Saturday saw Star Trek II, highly entertaining. Uh, last entry here. Girls whose underwear I would like to make soup with. LW. <laughs> KZ. This is quite a long list. So, uh, thank you.
0: To say that is a fairly accurate portrait of the prototypical 15-year-old boy is an understatement. Very nicely done, Rose.
6: This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
0: Our next reader, Jane, shared a few journal entries written when she was 14, all about her middle school crush a guy named Tyler. Now, in order to understand these journal entries, you need to know that Jane first met Tyler on a youth group trip when they were both 12. She's 14 when she wrote these, so they had not seen each other in two years, and we're going to hear about the rekindling of their relationship. Please welcome to our stage, Jane.
6: March 10th, 2003. There is so much to tell today, much of how what my heart was so sure of has now been torn asunder. Can you guess? It all comes back to Tyler. In P.E., Allison and Adora were talking about how they had met some really nice guys at Allstate Choir and whose name should come up but his. Immediately, I jumped into the conversation, exclaiming, "'You know Tyler?' And Allison was like, "'Yeah, I met him this weekend. Isn't he hot?' That's what threw me into shock. "'Tyler? Hot?' When I knew him, he was only hot in his own little way, and only to me. But that's not why I loved him so much. (laughs) It was simply because he was the most awesome guy I'd ever met." Now I am afraid that I am but a distant memory to him, that many other girls chase after him, and that he has become exactly the kind of guy I detest. But I pray it may not be true. April the 12th, 2003. I haven't lost the love of my life. I've won him back. I know this now. Okay, now I'll calm down and tell you the whole story. We went to see Tyler in his musical tonight. I was so nervous. Before the show, I had this nervous, giggling attack, and Laura had to calm me down. I was totally scared to death about seeing him again, and I almost ran away at the end of the show. But then he saw me. His face just lit up, and he started making his way toward me. Then it was all, How are you? I haven't seen you in ages. It's so good to see you. And then he hugged me, number one. I mean, he'd never hugged me before. Perhaps absence does make the heart grow fonder. (laughs) Then we talked some and I was grinning like an idiot the whole time, and then he hugged me again. Number two. Number one and number two were both regular front to front hugs. (laughs) And then he wandered off. I thought that was the end of it, but just as we were going to leave, and this is the best part, I had my back to him, and he came up behind me and wrapped his arms around my waist and put his head right up by mine, and I just sort of sighed, like this happy, (laughs) contented sigh, and he was like, what is it? And I just said, I'm just so glad to see you again, and he said, so am I. Oh, I don't know what was up with that when he told Laura that right now we were just acquaintances. He loves me. He loves me. I just know it, and I love him with my whole heart. April the 30th, 2003. So I'm sitting in social studies first thing in the morning before the bell rings and in runs Allison. She hands me this picture and I realize that it's not just any picture, but the picture from Allstate that I've been asking for for the past month. So I flip it over to look at it and for sure it's Tyler and it's an awesome picture of him. I absolutely love it. So then I ended up showing it to everybody and they all think he is such a hottie and a good pick. Well everybody except for Steph. But what does she know? She's going out with a woolly mammoth named Ariane. <laughs> it all sent my heart flying because I realized that I'm the luckiest girl in the world. I fell in love with him for his personality, and then later I realized I've gotten myself a really hot guy. <laughs> I am starting to have doubts about it all, though. People keep asking me, are you going out? Did you get his number? When are you going to see him again? I wish they just get it. We're not dating. We're just in love with each other. Ugh. <laughs> July fifth, two thousand and three. God, what a day of hell! I had just gotten home and gotten on the computer when Betsy pops up on my screen. She asks, if I've talked to Tyler lately, and I said no because I've been out of town and I didn't really care. And she said, "I said why have you?" And she said, "Yeah." So I asked her about their conversation, and she said he didn't say anything juicy, but. And I was like, OMG, Betsy, what? And she replied, he asked me to go to the movies, but I said no. I was numb. I was in shock. My heart was in my throat. I was just like, let's not talk about this. I got to go. And she was really confused. God, I don't know what to do. I, I can't let this go on. I know that. Yet, I can't let go of him either. What do I do? July 6, 2003. I've decided to stop caring about Tyler. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Poetry is always popular at Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids, and our next two readers brought exactly that. First, Kevin. Kevin read two short poems, and as you're probably going to be able to tell from their titles, these are kind of dark. One's called Wars, the other, Death. These meditate on mortality and global conflict, interpreted by a seven-year-old. Please welcome to our stage, Kevin.
2: So these are about the only two things I wrote when I was seven that weren't about Spider-Man or Beanie Babies. (laughs) So. So the first one's called Wars. Killing is bad. Dying is sad. I am mad about men war-clad. The second one, second one, I believe, is meant to be a follow-up. This is all for, I think it was a Remembrance Day uh, reflection. And the second one's called Death. Men who go to war experience something awful. Something called death! Death! <laughs> Death just creeps up at a time of despair, at a time of great pain, and pricks your life, and boom! You're dead. Thank you. Our next
0: reader, Morgan, also brought some poems. But unlike Kevin's, these were mostly intended to be funny. Here's Morgan, starting with a few haiku poems written for English class.
1: First haiku. Cattle march through cathedral doors. Holy cows. <laughs> this is not so funny. I walk down the street. Some guys come and beat me up. I cry about it. That <laughs> never really happened. <laughs> um... These these were all for um, my ninth grade English class, and so I wrote uh, a poem that was very much pandering. Why am I here? To learn, I bet. It's one forty now, and I haven't learned yet. Socials and math? Yik, yik, yik. Sometimes they just make me sick. But English is great. I'll suck up in this poem, so maybe an A will be mine to take home. <laughs> um... This one is, you know, for you, Vancouver. I'm not from Vancouver, but apparently I had strong feelings about the Canucks. (laughs) There once was a team called Canucks. They just couldn't hit any pucks. They tried, but they missed. They could not get the gist. So now they're all driving dump trucks. And this last one I have was kind of my magnum opus, and it's about socks. Where do all the socks hide? Are they afraid of my detergent, Tide? (laughs) (laughs) Or is there some kind of sock wonderland where dirt and stink are always banned? Why don't they just come right back out? I'll take their stains and shout them out. Please come back, my feet are cold. I swear I'll do what I am told. No more hand puppets, no more holes. I'll even use those odor-eater soles. I'll wash you every single night, dry you, fluff you, and fold you right. You'll be downy soft with a lemon scent, and to sit in my sock drawer, there is no rent. So please don't hide. Please come out. Socks are the best, without a doubt. Thank you.
0: Often when people get on our stage, they get on our stage solo. But our next readers are going to read in tandem. Skylar and Felicia were two 14-year-olds who spent a lot of time passing notes back and forth to one another. About boys and hookups. We are going to hear from one of those notes right now. Quick disclaimer, there are uh, some cuss words in this, and it acknowledges the existence of sex. Please welcome to our stage, Skylar and Felicia.
7: Hey, Felicia. Lol, this is hella boring about fucking horses that talk. So does Gerson ever talk about Vivian? I guess she just has a crush on him, but she says he's not boyfriend material but whatever I'm dating Roman he's not really boyfriend material either <laughs> right back if you can you're going out with Roman OMG I didn't know that. wow hee, <laughs> cool so you don't have to say anything but how far have you got with Francis you can ask that too if you want blackmail haha <laughs> right back Nope, you never said you were Wit Roman. I would have remembered it. Yeah, so about me and Francis, I'm still a virgin, and I have done stuff with him, but yeah, I haven't given him a BJ, cause that's gross.
2: <laughs>
7: I've given a BJ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't going out with him, though. And with Roman just making out. Yay for Felicia, I don't know why everyone thinks you're not a virgin anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It sucks when everyone thinks you're a hoe. (laughs) When you're so far away from it. You gave a BJ? Who too? what was it like? Uh, Yeah, it's funny, because no one would ever expect me to give a BJ. (laughs) You don't know the guy, it's actually not that nasty. You know when you first kiss someone you've never kissed before, and there's that tongue taste that tastes kind of nasty, well that's what it's like. It gets it gets better. Uh, try sucking on your arm, and that's just what it's like. <laughs> Ew, penises are ugly. <laughs> Lols, yeah, penises are ugly. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I think we should reconsider the official tagline of "Grownups Read Things They Wrote As Kids and just rename it, Penises Are Ugly. <laughs> Skylar and Felicia, ladies and gentlemen, really nicely done. That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Our show was recorded live at the Biltmore Cabaret in Vancouver and produced by Jenna Meisner. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullitone Olivia Nashmi. Is our intern. We are on the road for the next couple of weeks. We have shows in Halifax, Montreal, Hamilton, Kitchener, and beyond. For all of the details and to sign up to read your own childhood or teenage writing, visit the website grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com. That's also where you can join our email newsletter, which is the first place we announce new live events. One more time. That's grown-ups read things they wrote as kids.com. Or even easier, use the link in the show notes on your device right now. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.